Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Joining me via telephone is Tony the Machine Vargas, former U.S. champ of big-time wrestling and former heavyweight champ of East Bay Pro Wrestling. How you doing, Tony? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, it's cool, man. It's I've been looking forward to doing this with you because you and I have known each other. I think we're going on like 10 or 11 years and I don't mean to bury horror wits myself, pat myself on the back, but I kind of <laughs> helped you kind of kind of inch into wrestling, which is kind of cool. But the backstory is, is that you and I met at the gym and Correct. we were talking because I think we started talking about like baseball and college football and all that stuff. But I happened to mention oh. that one of the trainers there, Rich, at the gym was also going back into pro wrestling. And you kind of got that little side eye like, oh, where's he training at? That's something I'd like to do. Yeah. I mean, that's you're definitely not lying. Um, <laughs> obviously, as a kid, I, I love pro wrestling and I still love it. Um, and I wanted to be a pro wrestler my whole life. Um, yeah, but we got to talking. And at the time, I was a full-time MMA fighter. And um, I was training for a fight. And then you told me about that. And then um, I went to talk to Rich. And then he told me, yeah, his buddies have a gym out in, you know, Newark called Big Time Wrestling. And um, literally after that training session, after you talked to me about it, I went down there to check out their training. And I signed up within five minutes. Didn't even watch the practice yet. I was like, no, I'm, I'm signing up. So I, they could have been horrible. They could have been really good teachers. It didn't matter. Like, I signed up right then and there. Because, like, for me personally, I, I don't know, like, growing up, I didn't know there was pro wrestling schools out in the Bay Area. I always thought they were back east or the Midwest. Uh-huh. And then at the time, I couldn't just up and leave and, you know, pack all my stuff to go do that because I was fortunate enough. I got to, you know, play some pro football. And then obviously the fighting took off and uh, stuff like that. So um, at the time of my life, as, as far as pursuing a pro wrestling career, I've already had a quote-unquote career already in place. So, but yeah, definitely, um, you can definitely – very Horowitz it and pat yourself on the back. <laughs> that was pretty you cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool because I was wearing, I think I was wearing like a cutoff sleeve Ultimate Warrior shirt or a Macho Man shirt. And you're like, oh, you like wrestling. And then that's what drummed up the conversation. But one thing I didn't know is that you were into wrestling figures. Oh, yeah. I'm like a big collector, man. Yeah, it's funny because like nowadays it's no longer like frowned upon. But it's funny because, like, I'll tell you a little story is, for example, when I played arena football, I was out in Arizona, and uh, one of my teammates kind of seen my collection. He kind of gave me that side eye, and I was like, what? I was like, hell yeah, I collect wrestling figures, and I also <laughs> collect, you know, like, uh, Marvel Legend figures and so on. Like, I collect a lot of things, but at the time when he seen it, I, I had uh, one shelf full of wrestling figures, and the other shelf was full of, like, Power Ranger figures. So he kind of gave me that look, and I was like, dude don't judge like this is what I like and you know you like your hobbies I like mine and then it was funny because probably like three weeks later we go you know we're going out to uh, to get some dinner after practice and he's like hey man I got a confession I go what's up he goes 
I too collect stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was kind of like an inside joke in, um, in our locker room. Like after practice, uh, our teammates or coaches would be like, where are you guys going to go? Walmart and pick up toys. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, we're adults, sir. We do posable statues. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, too, because I was talking to a uh, independent pro wrestler out in the Missouri area. His name is Keith, and his name's Keith, but his uh, ring name was Baracus. And okay. he was telling me, he goes, can you imagine back in the day of Rick Rude and Arn Anderson and Steve Austin just traveling up and down the road? They do, They weren't talking figures. He goes, I'm in my car with my tag partner. And he goes, we're stopping off at Walmart's looking for figures. He goes, they were probably talking about the money they were getting from figures, not looking for figures. Uh, what they were talking about, we can't talk about. But... <laughs> <laughs> not right now. Off air, probably. <laughs> so you were collecting back then, too, weren't you? Uh, correct. Yeah, so like... I didn't know you were because we just talked mainly wrestling, like old school NWA shows, uh, Saturday morning stuff. I had no clue you were collecting back then until we started following each other on Instagram. And then I was like, what? Like, that just blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, again, you know, times have definitely changed. Back then, I guess it was kind of like a, an ease in mm -hmm. conversation of, hey, yeah, by the way, I collect. Um, because, again, like, you know, a lot of people who didn't really know me know me daily knew me as, you know, the, the football player or, you know, the crazy fighter. That's why, you know, the nickname The Machine came because when I fought, it was just, you know, no emotion, no nothing. My goal was to pretty much, you know, take your career and end it. But <laughs> <laughs> outside the ring, I'm like, hey, man, you good? I'll buy you a drink, you know, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm Tony. I collect figures. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of like, as I got to know you a little more, I'll be like, hey, man, you know, do you collect or whatever? And if it was no, then I'll be like, well, that's too bad. This is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what, what are you collecting today? Like, as far as, are you are you going after rare stuff? Or are you going, I saw you were going after Hasbro's, and you got most of those completed, if I'm not mistaken. I got them all except for uh, the Shawn Michaels and the Black Pants. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so with the Hasbro's, is I've had a lot as a kid. And they were all in really good shape. But when I moved, you know, I put everything in a bin and put it in my parents' garage. And I don't know, up until probably, I want to say, a year ago, I just happened to help them clean out their garage and stuff. And I found my bins with all my figures and stuff. And I found my Hasbros. And that was it. Once I seen them, it, like, relit that Hasbro fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, these are so – because, like, again, as soon as I seen them, memories of me playing with them, me and my cousins playing with them, you know, memories of my dad yelling at me because me and my cousins were playing too rough with them. Because, like, look, I mean, obviously, let's be honest, they're not built the best for, you know, to be played with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went through a couple Hulk Hogan's and a couple of Andre's, you know, snapping them in half because, you know, we played a little rough with them. But – it just triggered that, and then I was just sitting there, because at the time, I was collecting, because I'm a fat Power Ranger fan, so I had a lot of Power Rangers and Marvel Legends, and then, like, all my wrestling figures were, you know, at my parents' house, and uh, once I seen those Hasbros, it, like, relit the wrestling collecting again of stuff. Like, for me, I'm not one of those guys who goes out and just collects everything that's just because it's wrestling or whatever. Like, for me, it's got to have sentimental value. Mm -hmm. So, like, Hasbros, obviously, was a big part of my my childhood, LJNs. Um, I kind of stopped Ross, uh, watching wrestling for a little bit. 
but I mean, I had a lot of the Jack's BCAs, so I got back into collecting whatever I just missed. Again, I'm I'm kind of a completist with certain things. So, but yeah, with the Hasbro's, um, two weeks ago I was lucky enough to come across um, the Green Card series Men on Card. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that was where like obviously the killer pieces besides them, um, the Shawn Michaels, and when I got those, man. <laughs> it was cool I, again kind of like same how same way me and you met we were just talking i met some guy we were just talking all of a sudden figures got brought up and he was like you know he's going through a divorce and he's like dude i just need some money or trade or whatever and you know i had sports cards and autographs you know sports cards and stuff so we worked out a trade so i got you know hasbro green card mint for some football, basketball, baseball cards. Talk about winning. I'm like, cool. He's been sitting in my storage for like 10 years. <laughs> oh, man. It's funny hearing the stories that people have, like being able to trade for, like you just said, basketball or baseball cards, or someone doesn't know what they have and somebody's searching through a loose bin and they pull out, like one of our friends did, he pulled out a Ludwig Borga from a $5 bin. And oh. he holds it up and he goes, five bucks and the guy at the table's like yeah yeah yeah, five bucks it was in the five dollar bin he's like yeah. okay here's five bucks <laughs> he like runs away <laughs> oh that happened to me at a toy show um obviously before the whole shutdown i took my son to a a little toy show mm-hmm. and same concept he i don't even know what figures he was looking i think it was like pokemon figures and an atom bomb loose was in there what so i'm like all right so i kind of grabbed what my son wanted and i was like I was going to buy it regardless. So I was like, at the time, you know, I needed them. So I was like, all right, well, I guess uh, I'm buying it. So I walk up and the guy looked at all the figures and he goes, ah, six bucks for everything. And I was like, <laughs> what? So all I had was a $10 bill. So I was like, hey, man, you know, just keep the change. I'm kind of in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I got a, you know, a good, good amount of uh, Pokemon cards, but also the Atom Bomb was in there for, you know, six bucks. But, you know, I gave him a little $4 tip for, you know, his generous not knowing what he had. <laughs> <laughs> was that at the San Jose toy show that we saw each other at when we were walking in? No, no, no. It was at the, um, the Sacramento one. Oh, know, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Sacramento one. It was so good seeing you at the San Jose toy show. Cause I hadn't seen you in a little bit and I knew you had, uh, some injuries going on. Do you want to go into what injuries you were kind of going through? Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I mean, so for me, you know, obviously pro wrestling, football, rugby, MMA, you know, eventually it took a toll on my body. Um, I want to say almost two years, two and a half years now. I was watching this documentary on a football player. I forgot what disease he had, but every symptom he had, I had. Mm-hmm. You know, numbness of the legs, numbness of my hands. And I was like, oh, man, so it freaked me out, of course, you know. Right. So, so I literally made an appointment that day. I, like, forced my doctor, like, you got to see me now. And long story short, turned out didn't have that. Um Ended up getting the MRI. Turns out I had a, a slight fracture in my neck, and my lower lumbar L3, 4, and 5 were completely inflamed. Oh. So the fracture in my neck was triggering the nerves, which was causing the numbness. So obviously he told me I got two options, continue doing my lifestyle or end up paralyzed. So I obviously was like, well, how long am I going to be paralyzed? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you started getting the doubts. And um, so, yeah, I had to retire from all contact sports, including pro wrestling. At the time, I was the uh, big-time wrestling uh, United States champion. Against doctor's orders, I went out and had a killer match, you know, with the fallen angel Mike Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went 
30 plus minutes. <laughs> oh, I was there. Uh, I was there, man. And you know what's funny is seeing you win that U.S. title. Dude, it was like a, I don't want to say a proud papa moment, but it was like, oh, this is so cool because, you know, we were there. I didn't know you had a U.S. title match that night. Unfortunately, I I just went and I was like, oh, I'll just go to a big time wrestling show. And yeah. seeing you win that championship, it was kind of like, oh, that's so cool, you know, because it was like sitting there. It's like, oh, man, I remember when he was interested in getting into it, because as you said, you were all into MMA at that time and also uh, yeah. fo- into football. And just sitting there, I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I remember my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah, you want it. You know, she's all popping for you and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a cool moment, man. Like, for me, I don't know, like, kind of, you know, getting off track a little bit. But for me, like, the pro wrestling world, it's like, for me, I I don't take nothing for granted. Mm -hmm. So when I I win a championship, because, again, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, the United States title um, holder at Big Time Wrestling. You know, there was an old promotion called Fighting Spirit Pro. I was a two-time high-stakes championship uh, holder, and I was a two-time tag team champ. And then East Bay Pro, same concept, heavyweight title. I had the tag titles, the first person to hold both belts, you know. So it's like, for me, I don't take none of that for granted. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, you know, like, for me, it's kind of irritating. You get these quote-unquote indie superstars who feel entitled. They should get everything because they got a little bit of a name and, I don't know, like, that's just how I feel, so, hence the new nickname, Mr. Ego. (laughs) Uh, For me, it's like, I was always raised, you show respect to people who show, you know, respect to you, so, they, so, like, you know, the, in the wrestling world, the the shaking of the hand is a sign of respect. Right. My thing is, is, again, there's the dark side of wrestling, where people like to talk crap about you, because either A, they're intimidated by you, or B, they're intimidated by you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, those are legit the only two real reasons why someone talk. So, of course, you know, it gets back to me. And me, I just, I'd rather not talk to you and just avoid confrontations. Because, again, the nickname, Machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just like, I'll avoid it at all costs. And then, you know, the words, oh, you know, Vargas has an ego. He's this, he's that, he's. So, I was like, you know what? When I came back, I was like, you know what? These guys are going to make me money now. So, I'm switching the, the nickname now to... Mr. Ego, a.k.a. the egotistical psychopath. And it's kind of like a rub in their face. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a little backstory. Pro wrestling is not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you have you ever had a tryout with WWE? Uh, no, never had a tryout with WWE. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Um, I never, like, really pushed it. Mm-hmm. or Because, like, you can go online and register yourself and like you'll see it like a lot of the indie guys will be at like let's say smackdown or raw is here Mm -hmm. in sacramento or oakland or san jose and they'll call you know local talent to get squashed or whatever that's fine you know but for me it was never never really about wwe Mm -hmm. it was like for me it was always like new japan or um ring of honor or stuff like that right so like I, i was lucky enough to wrestle for ring of honor wrestle for impact wrestling uh, I mean, dude, I got to do Ring of Honor the week of WrestleMania, so that was pretty cool for me, you know. But yeah, no, I just I know it sounds weird, and that's obviously everyone's dreams to make it to the big league at WWE. But I knew with my age when I got started at the time, WWE wasn't really looking for anyone with tattoos because they had you know CM Punk, and that was their only quote unquote edgy guy. So if you had tons of tattoos, you already automatically just got looked at. Nope next please next please so that kind of like 
you know, I'm not going to wear a full body because obviously my hands and arms and sleeves and back and chest and legs are all satin. Yeah. So, um, but now I never had a tryout with them. I just, I don't know. I just never got around to filling out that paper. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you wrestled for ring of honor, which weekend was that? Was that when it was here in Santa Clara? Yeah, I was here in Santa Clara. Oh. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool because, like, you know, we got the call. And I was like, oh, man, heck yeah. And he's like, yeah, you guys got 20 minutes. That's, you know, start to finish. So I was like, oh, man. And, you know, I was wrestling with Chemo uh, and Victor Sterling and my trainer mm-hmm. at the time, Jason Styles. We got to do a tag match. So I was like, all four of us with 20 minutes, man, we're about to crush it. And then it was kind of funny because, like, it went from 20 minutes. And then it was like, all right, all right. Um, gonna go you know you got 15 minutes now so like even still 15 minutes we're gonna crush it so our music hits and then the producer goes all right guys you got five minutes <laughs> <laughs> so we're like oh man so i mean for what it was it actually turned out really good you know like we were obviously heels we got a lot of it was kind of funny because like the producer as i walked out he was thinking you know all right these guys are just gonna be the opening match no one's really gonna care but when we walked out, all of a sudden you hear, you know, it's Tony Vargas. And the crowd started chanting, Tony Vargas. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. So, and then we get in the back and the guy kind of looked at me and I just shrugged my shoulders like, hey, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, so. that sucks, man. I didn't know you had wrestled for Ring of Honor because I had tickets to the Ring of Honor show but they scheduled NXT's very first WrestleMania weekend show at that same time. Yeah. And yeah, it was uh it was rough. A lot of people like you can hear the people in the crowd like when's this going to be over? I got a jet down the street to NXT. <laughs> yep, and that's exactly it's funny too because the guy behind me came in and he's like he goes I just got back from the Ring of Honor sh- show and I think Samoa Joe headlined if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And everybody was asking him, like, what happened on the Ring of Honor show while the NXT show is going on? So- no, nah, it's, it's cool. I mean, honestly, for what it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got invited back because of that, you know, Tony Vargas quick chant. Nice. Um, so I think it was like two weeks later, they were in Texas. And again, I got to do the opening match. And like for me, a lot of guys, oh, I'm the opening match. It sucks. You know, I want to, again, slap my thigh a thousand times and do... 500 flips and like for me i'm old school mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough to be around you know hall of famers like roddy piper rick flair and, and stuff like that because you know big time wrestling right and you know flair even told me he goes from uh, i'm sorry not flair but uh kevin nash he was on a show with us and he was like because i was the opening match of that one and he actually pulled me aside and was like hey kid just to let you know you're setting the pace for this show. So if you suck, this show's going to suck. And I'm just like, <laughs> and honestly, I think that was like my third wrestling match ever. And I was like, what the heck? Kevin Nash just told me I, I better not suck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that knowledge right there kind of stuck with me. And uh, so when I was the opening match for that Ring of Honor show, I told the guy I was working. I was like, look, I don't have a limit. <laughs> what's your limit <laughs> and he kind of looked at me like what do you mean you know you don't have a limit i was like dude i am down to do anything anywhere in this arena just what is your limit i need to know that because i need to know either a how crazy we're gonna get or if it's just gonna be a standard you know lock up take the head shoot off tackle type match mm-hmm. and uh 
luckily he was another local kid from Texas and he was like, look, I'm down to do some crazy stuff soon. So he had seven minutes and honestly, I want to say in seven minutes, man, like we had that crowd just going. Cause there was one part where I don't know why I wanted to do it, but I've always wanted to do it where I'll charge a guy and he hip tosses me outside the ring. Uh huh. So I was like, we're doing it. So <laughs> I charged, he hip tossed me out of the ring. Obviously I got a big, huge pop and the Holy shit chant and all that. And anyways, long story short, we did our thing. And, uh, Jay Lethal kind of gives walks back there and he goes, you know, hey, way to start the show and kind of walks away. And it's just like, you know, some at the time Jay Lethal was the heavyweight champ. So for him to even acknowledge, you know, Joe Schmo and, you know, John Doe number two was kind of cool for me because it was just like sweet. We kind of set the pace. And again, it was a killer show, had a lot of good talent on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool, you know. Also, I was there for your very first match, which happened to be a battle royal, which the Young Bucks were in. Yeah, yeah. So crazy about that, because at the time, the Young Bucks, I think, were in TNA at the time. Yep, they were Gen Me. And um, so the promoter was kind of like messing with us, me and Victor Sterling, because that was our debuts. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, kids, you guys hope you're ready. You guys are going to be wrestling the Young Bucks. We're like what (laughs) (laughs) like like a real match and they're like yes i was like oh man like obviously they're established they're on tv at this point i'm like dang i hope i don't disappoint (laughs) (laughs) but of course you know our trainer um came back and he's like i'm kidding you guys are in the battle royal (laughs) (laughs) one thing i remember about that battle royal is shane cody and Man, I can't remember who else, but they were teeing off on your chest and your back because they were just chopping you to hell, man. And yeah. I remember I talked to you after it, after the show, and you were like, man, it felt good getting in there. And your chest is like <laughs> hamburger meat, dude, from Shane Cody's just big old meat paws, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's kind of Shane Cody's. He's, he is like legit old school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like his way of saying like either A, you're going to quit after tonight or B, this is something you really want to do, you know? Cause again, Cody, we call him the undertaker, the locker. Like if he fails, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And for me, again, I'm used to getting kicked and punched and need and elbows without, and I mean, you know, like legit for fighting. Mm-hmm. So again, I was not ready for these chops, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that moment, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather get punched in the face than take the Shane Cody chops. Honestly, it was kind of cool because afterwards we get in the back in the locker room and, you know, the locker room claps it up for us and says, welcome to pro wrestling. But what's funny about the whole thing is, is when he's chopping me, he's like, he's asking, you still want to be a pro wrestler kid? And I'm like, yes. So he chops me even harder. And then it got to the point where, you know, all the vets in the ring would chop you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ballard brothers, they're like, okay, because they seen my chest and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. They're like, okay, good. So they chop me. <laughs> And then after like the second one of the vet asking me if I'm okay, and I kept saying yes, like they kept chopping me, chopping me. So I was like, all right, let me. What if I say no? <laughs> so then uh, I got to chemo, and he was one of the trainers at the time too. And he's like, oh man, you good, brother? And I was like, no, nah, man, it hurts. He goes, okay. And then he just turns around and just gives me this fat chop. And then as I like lean over, he chops my back, and he goes, all right, you should feel better tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Akimo is such an underrated wrestler. He was so good. That was one guy you just watched and you thought, okay, this guy can go places. Yeah, I actually have a, a funny Kimo story. Um, so again, as an up-and-comer, you know, me and him did a lot of road tripping together. Mm-hmm. And there was this promotion called Fighting Spirit Pro. They just started. And um, at the time, I think this was their third show ever. And the promoter hit me up and was like, you're going to wrestle Kimo. And for me, you know, I'm like, what? Because, you know, at the time he was the cruiserweight title holder and all this. So, you know, he's an established wrestler at this point. Mm-hmm. So part of me was nervous. But then I was like, nah, it's chemo, man. I, like, I, I got this. Because in my head, I knew I could do certain things. Mm-hmm. But I was always told, you can't do that because you're a bigger guy. You're taking away from the smaller guy. So, you know, I was able to do a 450 splash or a moonsault or whatever. So in my head, I'm like, different promotion. I can do what I want here. So long story short, um, to give you an idea of how this show started was Big Van Vader. He was uh, he was on the show and he gets on the mic, cuts a promo. Worst promo ever. <laughs> he gets on that mic and he's just like, hey, I want to welcome everybody to uh, where we at. <laughs> and then he obviously says where we're at. And then he's just like, all right, well, uh, just enjoy the show. And their next show would be at some time. All right, bye. Gets his money, takes off, and leaves. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the promoter didn't do due diligence, and he gave him the money first. So, oh. <laughs> got the money, counted it, went up there, cut this crappy two-minute, like, introduction promo, and bounced. Like, oh. out. And I was just like, wow, okay. So, fast forward to Chemo and I's match, and again, I'm a rookie. I forgot everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to look dumb and just stand there. So I clubbed him. (laughs) I just clubbed him like a thousand times, man. And (laughs) just kept clubbing him. And then obviously we're driving back. We go to Denny's and this dude's voice sounds like he smoked 40 packs of cigarettes in like five minutes. (laughs) It was so hoarse and just... Just from the club, I didn't know what to do, you know, and I'm just like, I felt bad because, A, he's one of my trainers, and B, I just clubbed the crap out of this guy, and now he can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, I like, for me, I'm thinking of, like, man, what's the repercussions in practice now, or, you know, just, I'm thinking of that side of it, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's one of those matches, like a horrible movie, it's so bad, it's good, that... (laughs) You know, him and I still talk about that to this day. Or we'll hear someone like with the Rass voice and he'll joke around and be like, oh, did Vargas club you in the back? (laughs) So So being in all these locker rooms, have you talked to any other wrestlers that collect wrestling figures? um, Some collect. um, Some indie people, you know, they collect. Mm -hmm. Um, The actual like former superstars, uh, they're kind of in, I wouldn't say denial, but... You know, like uh, Tommy Dreamer, for example, I know he collects, but he, he always says, I don't collect that. Toy, those are dolls and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. But I know he's got he's got to have some of his merch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy collects all his stuff in the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. He's got tons of it. Jeff, same thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Jeff's most of his action figures, you know, got were in that house fire that he had. So he <laughs> lost a good percentage of those. But yeah, like a lot of the wrestlers collect like their stuff, which as they should, because that's something to be proud of. You know, you got your own action figure, right? But but like the old school, old school guys, yeah, no, they're 
they're like they got that old school mentality like i ain't no mark (laughs) 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 you know yeah it seems like there's that generation gap where it seems like a lot of the newer independent guys are all about collecting whether it's mattel ljn's going back and collecting ljn's or hasbro's like you talked about but then there's that old school generation like like you just said i'm collecting dolls you know it's that mentality you know (laughs) like back in the day more wrestlers were concerned about the paychecks coming in from the dolls than they were about actually getting a figure or going out and collecting it seems like there's that generation gap where like for you today you're like i'm collecting marvel legends i'm going after hasbro's (laughs) i'm collecting mattel's i'm collecting everything under the sun yeah like for me like again i can only speak for myself it's you know my dad you know was the only income so you know it was me and my sister my brother and my mom and you know occasionally i'll have a cousin live with us or an uncle you know and my dad being the only income it was for me obviously i wasn't going to get every figure i was going to get or you know get anything i wanted all the time and you know my parents did i think a really damn good job of christmas time and birthdays like you know getting my, my siblings and i a lot of good stuff that we wanted so you know as I got older, I realized, you know, because, of course, when you're a kid, you're like, well, why can't I get that? And then as I got older, I realized, oh, dude, my dad's the only income and he's supporting, you know, nine people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, me being greedy and wanting, to, you know, seven figures and stuff like that, you know. So for me personally, it was more of, again, the childhood. Like I, I had a good childhood, you know, like I said, my parents you know, did everything they could to make sure my sister and my brother and I had a great childhood. And, and I did, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like I said, Christmas and birthdays, they made sure that, you know, whatever throughout the years, if we went to the flea markets or the stores that we didn't get nothing, you know, those days we knew they were going to come clutch. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like for me with the Hasbro's again, sentimental. So I had, I had a good amount of them, but again, I didn't have nowhere near the set or nothing like that so that started it so as i got older i got my money i got my job i was like wow i can buy stuff i wanted as a kid mm-hmm. you know power ranger wise you know i had the the, the flip head ones but yep. i never had the the 12 inch ones mm-hmm. you know the book yep. so as i got older i was like i buy them so I bought <laughs> and then um i know we're getting off subject a little bit but like with the power rangers i had a series with the alien rangers i don't know a lot of people hated that series. For some reason, I liked it. But those figures that were like, I don't know, three, four inches, horrible figures, by the way. <laughs> but I liked it. And again, I got older and I found all five of them with their Zords and then their fully uh, buildable Zord. And so that's that just got the gears going. And that's where the collecting just started going because it was stuff that I really wanted as a kid that I couldn't get because, you know, for obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm like... I can buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about the aliens, you know, not being one of the most popular series or whatnot, but that's the thing is in collecting, you're not wrong. You're, yeah. I mean, everybody has their own thing. And if somebody likes this over that, they're not wrong. That's what they like. So, I mean, if you like the aliens over something else and people kind of shunned it, you're not wrong, dude. It's maybe not the popular opinion, but it's oh, yeah. but you're not wrong at all. Yeah, no, and that's that's just how it is. It's for me, it's it's what I like. Like again, you know, like you talked about my tattoos. Like my tattoos, you know, people. Well, why'd you get that? Well, why not? I like it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't, for me, I've my whole life, I've always gone against the grain because mm-hmm. I have zero desire to fit in. Like, that's just not my goal in life to be in the in crowd or, you know, get a thousand likes and stuff like that. Like, that's just not me. But collecting and certain things like, like superheroes, man, <laughs> I'm an oddball. Like, my favorite character is Captain Britain and Thanos. And before the Avenger movies, no one knew who Thanos was. So it's like growing up, people be like, oh, who's Captain Britain? Who's Thanos? And all of a sudden, you know, I'm not going to lie, I popped a little bit at the end of the uh, that one Avengers where, you know, they, the side shot of Thanos' head. I'm like the only one excited. And everyone in the theater's like, who is that? And obviously, you know, <laughs> the rest is history. Now everyone's a Thanos fan. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, growing up again. I like Captain Britain and Thanos and everyone else had to be in the norm, you know, Wolverine or some type of X-Men or Spider-Man or the Hulk or Thor me. And they're like, who are these guys? I'm like, Oh, you guys are lucky. You got figures of them. Boom. As I got older, they made Captain Britain figures and Thanos. Guess what I have in my collection now. (laughs) (laughs) My supervisor's that same exact way. His favorite character is Aquaman. Now he loved the old school Aquaman with the bleach blonde hair, you know, the, Uh, but everybody kind of shunned that Aquaman. They're like, oh, you know, what is he going to do? Talk to fish or something, you know? <laughs> but he's always adored Aquaman. And so yeah. Aquaman before Jason Momoa was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to pay attention to you. You're an Aquaman fan. But now everybody's like, oh, Aquaman's great, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of the so same just, same thing. That tribal, yeah, their travel tat's amazing. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 so you started out at the Hasbro's, right? Like as far as my collection? For wrestling figures, yeah. Uh, no, LJNs. Oh, you did start at LJNs. I did start. So again, um, so, so I'm not really a men on card collector, mm-hmm. um, but the ones I like, for example, LJN, the very first LJN figure I ever opened up and I can picture this day clearly. And trust me with all the headshots, bro, I, I don't remember much, <laughs> but I remember exactly the very first wrestling figure I opened up when it was everything. And it was a junkyard dog LJN figure. And for me, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh. Yeah. They don't have no articulation, but mm-hmm. again, I'm an oddball. Like I liked JYD growing up. I thought he was like the coolest wrestler mm-hmm. besides Arn Anderson. Like those are my two guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I opened that up. Unfortunately I had chicken pox and it was Christmas Eve. <laughs> so I was in bed and you know, my parents, cause it was Christmas. We usually, you know, at the time, you know, Latin households, we usually celebrate Christmas Eve. That's mm-hmm. like when everyone gets together and, so I couldn't go nowhere Why everyone else, you know, opened their presents and stuff. So my parents decided that, you know, we'll stay and open Christmas. And, um, of course, my parents felt bad because, you know, I was sick. <laughs> yeah. So my, my dad was like, you get to open one present. And he knew I'd like it. So when I opened it up, man, it was like every other present I had didn't matter. Uh, that junkyard dog was, was it for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any others? Uh, yeah, I got the um, – I got – if I remember correctly, the Junkyard Dog, Hulk Hogan, uh, I want to say Greg Valentine, mm-hmm. and I think and I think one more. I'm not 100 percent sure on the other one, but man, yeah, I thought I was the coolest kid in the world at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so you were watching the NWA shows as well. 
yeah, that's kind of how I got into wrestling was, you know, every kid doesn't really like going to their grandparents when they're young. They wanted to just go play and whatever. Yep. So when I would go to my grandparents' house, like my grandfather was really big into pro wrestling and he had some NWA uh, cassette tapes mm-hmm. and that was kind of like, we'll pop it in. And for that hour, it was kind of like, you know, the three generations watching wrestling. It was my grandfather, my dad, and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of cool to watch, you know, again, when you're watching that as a kid, yeah, oh man, it's the greatest. Those are real life superheroes in my eyes, you know? Yep. So, so Did- yeah, I mean, I was watching territorials, um, obviously WWE, early WWF and, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So you must've gone crazy when the Galoobs came out and they made an Arn Anderson. Oh, dude. Jokes. <laughs> Jokes. And they were in the LJN pose even better. Man, I was just like double A all day. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I remember when they came out in stores, like, I used to tell my parents, you know, throwing the guilt trip, like, if you really love me, you would help me find this figure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, Arn Anderson, I, I was so stoked when I first got him. Because, like, my dad would surprise us, mm-hmm. bring us something, or my mom. You know, she would like, hey, you guys want to stay home from school today? You guys been, you know, killing it at school type thing. And her thing was, her treat was, we like, we'll get to stay home from school one day. Mm-hmm. And that one day we got to go to Toys R Us and order pizza. Oh, and nice. And just kind of, you know, hang out. So, like, to us, that was, like, luxury. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got to stay home from school one day and eat pizza and go to Toys R Us. And, and it was weird because, like, as weird as it sounds, Arn Anderson was the hardest figure to find for me, of course, right? Because the one figure I want is the hardest to find. Mm-hmm. And uh, so months go by, and I kind of just like, man, I'm not going to find him here. I mean, I've been to KB Toys. I've been to Toys R Us's and, you know, Rite Aid's. And any place I would sell a figure, you know, I went to and nothing. But uh, one day, I don't know if you remember the, the San Jose flea market. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The way the way it used to be, where like it was that entire area. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, again seen a bin, a couple toys. There he was, Arn oh. Anderson. Oh. So of course, yeah, that was it. Was like, Sweet, <laughs> you are now winning every match. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going undefeated. <laughs> so did you? I, I saw you got the Freebirds, the UK Galoob Freebirds. Have yeah. you, Have you gone back and gotten any of the other ones? Um, no. <laughs> I I get it, man. It's expensive to go back and collect right now, but I, I think for me, it's oh yeah, no, they're expensive right now. But I had an opportunity to get the Steiner brothers and uh, Dustin Rhodes. I had an opportunity to get all three of them for eighty five dollars, mm. and I was like, nah, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Because at the time, uh, for me, I don't know why I was like eighty five bucks for three figures. I don't know, I don't know. Because in my head, I was like, I can buy you know, four figures for that price, brand new. Yep. And I was like, no, nah, hard pass. And then I seen Giant Gonzalez, great condition, same thing for like $40. And I was like, I can't see spending 40 bucks on a four-inch figure. Mm-hmm. And again, at that time, it was just, I think the mindset, oh, my son, you know, I just had my, my firstborn. So it was kind of like, uh, the kind of quote-unquote adult kicked in with me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I kick my butt every day. That's why I kind of like don't even look at the UK ones no more because, you know, Giant Gonzalez is going from 80 plus now. And, yep. you know, obviously Dusty's going for two plus now. And 
Steiner, same concept. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) Dude, that kills me because I remember the day that the tickets for All In in Chicago went on sale. My girlfriend and I were trying to get the tickets for All In. At the same time, I'm flipping between screens on my phone. Somebody had a Dustin Rhodes Galoob for 75 bucks and I had just missed it and I was like I'm gonna get it I just need this Dustin Rhodes Galoob figure now yeah. now that figure is going for about a close to $200 I mean I, yep. I know COVID prices right now it's inflated but still I'm kind of like I had the shot at $75 and I missed it by I would say two minutes somebody jumped yeah. in and before me and it kills me dude because it had no wear and tear either and that just kills me I missed it oh man I know I know that feeling um it was actually at that toy show I seen you at. Mm-hmm. Um, some guy had mint on card Hasbro's mint, and I'm talking case fresh mint. Uh, Mr. Perfect, Lex Luger, Sid Vicious, uh, Boss Man series. You know this first one and second one. Uh, mm-hmm. All three of the all three of the Hogans. Um, who else was in there? Virgil, uh, Owen Hart, like all these guys. Uh huh mint fresh and i went back and forth like five times and i was like fine i was like all right i'm gonna ask the guy i was like hey how because in my head i'm like i'm gonna open it <laughs> <laughs> so i asked him like you know how much are they and he was like 25 each i was like dang 25 i don't know i'm just gonna open it so i could probably get a loose one for cheaper not realizing the value of the mr perfect for example the red card uh-huh and i was just like ah all right and i was like now nah, i'm gonna pass so i walked to the to the outside and i was like you know what whatever i'm gonna put 200 dollars worth i'm gonna go just pick out some good ones i get there and i look I go, all right man i'm gonna take it. he goes oh sorry man someone came behind you and bought this whole lot i'm saving it for him and i was like oh man and then you know i go on ebay now and you see that mr perfect red card going for like 160 yep the lex the lex luger going for like 190 and i'm like oh my god owen hart obviously going for a good penny right now too and i'm just like was that guy was, bummed. was that guy towards the back of the room or back of the warehouse towards the back so like yeah towards the back but towards the beginning of the aisle if that makes sense yeah okay yeah Damn and he's the one who has like those uh LJNs. Yep. Uh, mint. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I'm uh, so mad. Uh, I must <laughs> we must have missed that because we started over to the right when you first walked in at the last show. When you first walked in, they had booze to the right. Scott and I started at the right and then kind of wound our way to the back. So, yeah. so we must have missed that as well because oh dude, we would have been all over those. Man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, I ain't gonna lie, I was like a big old kid that day. I was so sad, like, I didn't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to do nothing, man. I was just like, don't talk to me. You were, <laughs> you were also collecting Jacks. Which Jack series were you collecting at that time? Because when we were walking in, you were talking about those. Oh, uh, no, it was the Jacks BCAs. That's right. You were going after the BCAs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, for me, I don't know why, like, the uglier the figure, the cooler it is for me. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's just how I am. Like, like don't get me wrong. Like with the Mattels, for example, great figures, amazing. But like, if I can get a Jack's BCA, you know, blue blazer, and then let's say Mattel makes one, mm-hmm. like I'm going for that Jack. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why it's. 
it's one of those things like for me in my collection i have very little of the mattels you know um again they're amazing figures they're great mm-hmm. but to me it doesn't scream my childhood or me growing up of what i like wrestling mm-hmm. so i guess with my collection it's more personal mm-hmm. you know um even with power rangers like i got out of control for a little bit i just bought stuff just to buy it because it was power rangers <laughs> and i end up looking i have like seven bins filled with zords and and then I just looked at him. I was like, I've never seen this series. Never seen that series. I don't even know who this person is. <laughs> so, you know, I had a nice little uh, cleansing. You know, I sold some a lot of the Power Ranger stuff, and I kept what I like, what I remembered, and stuff like that. But yeah, with me, the uglier the figure, the cooler it was for me. So you must obviously. So you must love the Ravishing Rick Rude LJN. Oh, dude, it's horrible, but it's great. <laughs> 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 it's, it's almost like those guilty pleasures you're like you don't know why you like it but you do yep <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah it's just i don't know man like the bcas again they're ugly figures especially like the rock and billy Gunn's faces and they're, they're so bad but for me it's that's me that's growing up as childhood and it's know? it's the memories and like you said it was like figures you couldn't get at the time but then you were like now that you have an income coming in, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go grab this one. I can I can afford to get this one. It's one of those feelings like I'm an adult now I can, and with money, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, the Survivor Series four pack with the Ultimate Warrior, Golda, Shawn Michaels and stuff. Yep. You know, again, it's some, that was one of those white whales, if you would. Like you knew it was out there, but I've never seen it in stores and, and stuff like that. And then... um I don't know if I can, I guess I'm going to say, but Hassel Toys. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that guy is so cool. He's a good friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hit him up like, hey, man, this is what I need. And he found that for me. He's like, I have it. And, man, when they came to my house, it was just, it was so exciting, man. Like, <laughs> mint in box, brand new. Of course, I opened it because, I don't know, it's just how I am because for me my collection is my collection right you know I'm not collecting to hopefully the value bounces up and then resell it so like I have a friend of mine too he's part of you know my faction my pro wrestling faction we call ourselves you know the bike club monster island boys Mm -hmm. but um he has an amazing collection of uh the superstars classic superstars like he probably has every one oh damn and uh you know I bought some figures off him and he gave me a bruiser brody (gasps) which, of course, are, you know, crazy price right now. Yep. And he kind of looked at me when he gave it to me. He's like, are you going to resell this? And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> so I still have that. That's like one of the couple figures I still have made on box. But oh, it's like, and I told him, like, look, well, everything I'm purchasing off of you, either A, I'm opening it, or B, I'm opening it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I go, this is my display. So after I opened them and displayed them, I, you know, I took a picture and I showed him. And he was like, he's like, dude, I thought you were kidding. He was like, I didn't think you were going to open up these boxes. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was. Because, again, it's it's my collection. You know, it's... Oh, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not one of those guys who likes to buy things and, and flip them for four times the price. And, yeah. I, I, you know... It takes the like the guys who go to Walmarts and Targets and stuff for guys like us who who love to collect. They'll go buy the entire stock and then flip them. Like, hey, you want it? I got it, but I'll sixty bucks. Yeah, and you're like, 
come on, man, you paid 14. Yeah, but you <laughs> <Right>. want it. <laughs> yep. Supply and demand. <laughs> Dude, it's funny you mentioned that uh, four pack of the Survivor Series. Uh, my brother and I went to our one of our old garages because we our collection spans over four different garages. It's our oh, par- nice. it's our parents, it's our grandmothers, mine, and then Scott's. But we went to our yeah. grandmother's garage and we were sifting through, grabbing all the toys and stuff like that, grabbing LJNs, the black cards, you know, the warlord. They were open, they weren't in, in yeah. a box, you know. But I reach over and I grab a box, and of course spiders go flying everywhere, but <laughs> <laughs> I grab this box, I pull it out, and sitting right on top is that Survivor Series four pack with the Toys R Us sticker on it, dude. Oh, nice. Oh, dude. I told Scott, I was like, dude, I know this is yours, but can I keep it? And he's like, <laughs> he's all, yeah, dude. He goes, it's like a shared collection, you know? It's what's mine's yours, yeah. what's yours, mine. We have certain figures that are, you know, kind of in the shared collection. We have our own separate collection, but this is one of those that's in the shared collection. Again, like you had mentioned about the BCAs, they're not the best looking figures, but there was something about this four pack with the way Brett looked, the way Sean looked, the way Goldust and Warrior looked. The Warrior is fantastic. Oh, dude, his tan is on point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the Bret Hart red card. It's, his tan is on point. You know, uh, it is amazing. <laughs> but You're there was some, there was something about this four pack. I was like, I have to keep it and I have to display it. And he's like, Yeah, go for it, dude. So I have it in the house right now, displayed. I was like, Dude, this thing is so sick. You know? Yeah, that's that's cool, man. Like you and uh, Scott, you're what three, four years apart? Uh, five years. Five. Yeah. So you guys got lucky. You guys again. You guys have the shared collection. So me and my brother, we're nine years apart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like when I was in high school, you know, he's elementary. So <laughs> um, I kind of feel bad because, you know, again, you know, when he was getting old enough, I was, you know, graduating high school, going to college and doing all that. So, mm-hmm. but like, as far as collections goes, like the only thing we, me and him ever agreed upon were like Pokemon and, and, uh, um, Power Rangers, but of course the Power Rangers he was watching, I had no clue who they were. <laughs> so I'm trying to like educate him on the original ones and Zio and you know Turbo and so on and so forth. And I don't know, it's kind of cool that you said that because again, me and my brother, like I had you know the X Men figures and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'd come go to school and come back, and my mom would let them play with them. And I come back and they're all in pieces, and I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Scott got a head start on uh, collecting before me. He was all into gi joe's which he's again back into gi joe's as you've probably heard uh yeah he's all in he was all in on he-man and he-man kind of started around the time i was starting to collect figures but he was all in on these earlier earlier toys i kind of started at ljns and thundercats i was all in on those figures but oh, yeah. but as I got older, oh, and mask as well. Mask, I was all in on. But as I got older, it's just it stuck to wrestling. I kind of eliminated everything else except starting lineups and wrestling. Those were the only two that I mainly focused on. So, nice. but Scott was all in on GI Joes, He Man, anything you can imagine. Oh, Star Wars, he he was all in on those. And it's kind of funny watching him go back and see him starting to collect these G.I. Joes now because of the way that he is, like he's getting that nostalgia feel. He Like last night, we were over at his place uh, having dinner and he was like showing me the G.I. Joes that he had just gotten from this auction sale. He's like, dude, check these out, check these out. Okay, here's the 25-year anniversary. And I'm like, oh, you're such a mark, you know? 
man. But That's it's awesome though. So I have to ask as yeah. we, as we're about to round up, what is next? Are I know you said your neck injuries and I, but you did post a video where you got into a ring just recently. Yeah. So I've been slowly doing the, the wrestling comeback mm-hmm. um, matches here and there. Select the matches, of course. And I say select the matches, of course, my uh, neck injury. My second match back was against Sabu. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Um, you know, when you, you get so excited and you actually get to meet the person, let's just say... Uh, He's a POS. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it at that. Well, as, <laughs> as they say, never meet your heroes. <laughs> Let's just say I had bad luck wrestling ECW guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a, I wrestled five ECW guys and I haven't had good experience with any of them. Really? Not, personality wise, they're great, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I'll text you off there. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Please do. Um, but yeah, slowly making that comeback, um, getting my body back into shape. Obviously the quarantine didn't help that much, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, just getting back, you know, again, my mobility was limited due to the neck injury, but I'm not going to use that as as an excuse. So like for me, it's like, I know I can do it. So just do it. (laughs) Right. Cause like, like I said before, I was able to jump over the top ropes and, you know, pull yourself in and do some crazy stuff. Now, again, I'm not going to do backflips and stuff like that, but you know, like jumping into the ring over the ropes, you know, that to me, that's a baby step. It's mobility. It's, it's stuff like that. Doing up and overs and little things like that. Leapfrogs, um, just getting that mobility back. Cause again, yeah, I'm a bigger guy, but I'm agile as well. I don't want to be, you know, this big guy who just does kicks and punches and, you know, your typical big guy, mm-hmm. you know, I can move, I can hang with the high flyers. I can hang with the strong guys. And like, for me, it's, I've always adapted to who I was wrestling like, if you want hardcore, again, I have no limit. Like, we can go hardcore. But if you, <laughs> yep. if you, if you want a straight wrestling match, I got you. If you want a high-flying lucha-style match, I got you. You know, for me, it's just like getting in that ring, it's, 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 there's no other feeling. Like, you'll hear all these old-school legends talk about it. And unless you literally done it for years, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Like, again, I broke my neck, and I'm like, nope how quick can I get back? (laughs) You know, I was fortunate enough to play in front of, you know, thousands of people in football and fighting in different arenas and so on and so forth. But pro wrestling, it's a different, different feeling, different environment. The fans are amazing. Like what I like about it is you get to interact with them. You get to talk with them, the intermissions, you know, football, you don't get to talk with your fans, Mm -hmm. you know, MMA, again, the, the, the crowds are great, but, again, you get those a-holes who they get drunk and they want to, Oh, you're a fighter. And it's like, dude, come on, man. Do you got medical? Cause let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But like pro wrestling, like for me, my, every time I step foot in that ring again, this is what separates me from a lot of the people. Now it's nowadays, these guys, they want to get their stuff in. Mm -hmm. How can I look good? How many flips, how many kicks, how many, this, they want to turn into a circus LA match. Then at the end of it, they want everyone to praise them and talk about them and this and that. I know I'm going a little long, but uh, if you don't mind, I want to, there's a story I want to tell about it too. But for please, me, please do for me, it's more of when I'm done wrestling, I don't want the fans to come up to me and be like, Oh, Vargas, you lost again. Or, Oh man, you know, 
So I want, I want them just to be like, dude, that was a crazy match. That was so good. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I want. When they don't even know who wins and loses. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And the story I kind of want to tell it's um, at the time um, I was a big time wrestling tag team champ with my partner, Sin. Mm-hmm. We were chaos Inc. And we wrestled the classic connection. Oh yeah. And, and um, in that match, I didn't do not one offensive move. I was a beat down the entire time. Cause you know, that big knee brace I had, you know, yep. we, we use that as part of the match. And um, the entire match, like legit, like I did the reverse and I collapsed because of my knee. Cause that was their goal. They attacked the knee the whole time. So we get in the back and um, of course, right away. Oh, did you guys see this? How was this? This was great. You know, yada, yada, yada. And then Matt Stryker was happened to be on that show. Mm-hmm. And he comes up and he walks to us. And again, the guys are like, oh, did you see the match? He's like, yeah, I watched the match. And they're like, what'd you think of it? And what'd you take from, again, you know, locker room presence of veterans. He was willing to, to talk to us and give us pointers and stuff. And he literally said the one thing that stuck out the most of that match was Vargas. And they kind of, you know, everyone else kind of looked at him. He goes, selling is dead in this business. No one sells no more. You can take a power bomb and the guy pops right back up. You know what I mean? Yep. He's like the way Vargas sold his knee injury, not only from the entire match, but he got in the back and sat down and everyone stopped because they thought he was really hurt. He goes to me, that's what stood out in the match. And of course, you know, that, that was like a boost of confidence right there, you know? And uh, yeah, it was great, man. Like for Matt Stryker to kind of just say the selling, because I sold it, bro. I yeah. sold it like I legit tore my knee. <laughs> like I limped to the back. I limped all the way to the locker room. I limped all the way to my seat. And the way I was sitting down was, you know, going down super slow. And everyone stopped. Even the promoter was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And like for me, again, I, I was fortunate enough to be around former superstars like Bret Hart. You know, he came to one of our practices one time. And he, and this is what stuck with me. He goes, hey, do what you can do which means know what your limitations are. And B, he's like, if you're losing a match or you're beat up, sell all the way. Mm-hmm. Don't just as soon as you get in that curtain, all right, everything's peachy king. He's like, sell the entire way to where everyone thinks you're hurt. And again, that stuck with me, you know. Like I said, I, I was lucky. I got to be around, you know, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, you know, the list goes on and on. And the knowledge these guys gave me is just it's, incredible. It sticks with you. <laughs> Yeah, like I tell everybody, I may not be your favorite wrestler. You know, I may not do these fancy things, and I may not even be the popular choice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I promise you, you'll be entertained by me. Whether you hate me or not, you'll be like, dude, either A, that dude's crazy, or B, you know, he had me entertained the whole time. So dude, that's, that's obviously my goal. That's so awesome to get that vote of confidence from Matt Stryker. I mean, like it's one of those things. It's like, it doesn't matter who it came from. That veteran in the locker room came up and pointed you out. So that's gotta be like that vote of confidence, man. That just rolls through. Yeah. Dude. It's, it's crazy. Like I said, for me, the, the outer body experience, like, Oh my God was, um, so I don't know how much time we have. Oh, go for it. (laughs) Go for it. So big time wrestling. We had a, um, uh, it's kind of like our WrestleMania. And I was slated to go against Cody Hall. Mm-hmm. And for you listeners who don't know Cody Hall is, it's Scott Hall's son. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, he was just up and coming. Um, green, if you would. And, uh, of course, you know, my job is to put anyone over. 
So it is what it is. So I went on YouTube. This is the first and only time I've ever done this in my whole wrestling career. <laughs> went on YouTube, kind of watched his matches, and I was just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. So obviously I went to the promoter and I said, hey, um, I apologize. I don't normally do this. You guys know I'm down to do anything. I was like, hey, I don't feel it's right. I should put someone who's green as hell just because of who his dad is. And B, like, he is so sloppy. Like, I'm not trying to get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is. Unless we do a standard, again, lock up, take the head, shoot off, tackle, and then he goes for his finisher right then and there. Boom, we're good. I was like, I just, I don't, I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. You can kick me out, do what you got to do, but I just, I'm not doing this one. And this was like two days before the show I did this. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, now in my head, I'm feeling so bad because I'm like, damn, I just ruined this show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Let me just buckle up. It is what it is. Uh, He's a big guy. Let's just let's just have fun. That my mindset changed at that point. I was like, you know what? If he's green, maybe there's something I can show him and and we'll just get through it. It is what it is. If I get hurt, I get hurt. That's I was like, all right, fine. I'm done. I'm going to do it. You know, I had that little that little pity party for, you know, the six hours or whatever it was. <laughs> so I was like, forget it. it is what it is. And my mindset changed from I'm not doing it to we're going to we're going to steal the show. We're stealing it. I don't care. There's things I want to do that I know he can hit on me that will get this crowd going. Let's do it. So I called the promoter back and he goes, hey, man, good news. We switched the card around. You're going to go against Chris Masters. So okay. I was like, oh, you sure? And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm down to do it. I just... You know, I apologize. I have my little pity party, but you know what? I'm down to do it. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, you're right. Well, let's uh, let's switch the card. We'll put him with the, the guy who's more of a vet than you. And I was like, okay, cool. So now, day of the show, it's Chris Masters. Again, you know, he's fresh off, you know, getting released the second time. And we do our match, and we get in the back, and Roddy Piper pulls me aside. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to get ripped. <laughs> <laughs> so Roddy Piper tells me, and the story gets better, Rod. So Roddy Piper pulls me in the back and he goes, kid, he goes, the way you had this crowd eating out of your hand was perfect. Because I was a heel. Uh-huh. He goes, they cheered for Chris that much more because they really wanted to see him kick your ass. And then when he went for the master lock and you got out and got out of the ring and wiggled your finger like, oh, no, no. And then you put the that that was close. He goes, to me, that was that was good because now the crowd realized, like, you know what his finisher is. And he was like, when you had that, at one point, I literally had these, the entire, you know, arena just chant, you suck, you suck. Like, every move he hit on me, the crowd erupted. And he was like, that was perfect. He goes, that's what you want. And I was just like, oh, my God, man, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> like, Roddy Piper is taking time out of his day to tell me the good that I did and he didn't tell me not one one negative, so I was like, "Whoa!" Whoa! Well, again, ego kind of boosts a little bit, you know. I was like, uh, "No big, you hot rods," you know. He talked to me, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I meant by it got better was is I forgot who was doing it, but they were doing a story on Chris Masters' life after WWE, mm-hmm. and uh, they featured that match. Oh, you know, so I was like, "What?" So. <laughs> You know, as a, a wrestling fan, like, that was just super cool to see, like, my name get featured with former, you know, superstars, if you would. Right. And 
the guys can tell you, like, I'm not a mark for that. Like, like if I see, if I'm on a show with the former, I'll shake your hand out of respect, but I'm not like, hey, man, can I take your picture or can you autograph this? Like, no, like, <laughs> I'm not. It's just, I'm far from that. But, like, that moment and seeing that was, like, my proud moment, you know? It was just, like, sweet, man. Dude, like, like I was talking about Stryker, just to have Piper pull you aside and, and do that. Yeah, I was fortunate, man. I had some 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 good vets in that locker room at one point in my career. Did it ever get back to Cody Hall if that you weren't willing to work with him? Honestly, I don't know. Like, again, I had nothing against him. Mm-hmm. It was just like stories. You know, this guy's stiff. He, he hurts people and this and that. And so, like, my mentality was like, look, I'm starting to make this climb in the quote-unquote pro wrestling world. <laughs> like, again, the ego kicked in. We're like, well, what about me? What if I get hurt? And it it, it sucks, and some will be lying to you if they say they never thought that way. But, mm-hmm. like, for me, it was like, I'm an up-and-comer as well. You know, if we're going based off talent at the moment, you're just going off your dad's name at that time. Mm-hmm. And, again, now, you know, he's obviously New Japan and overseas and stuff like that and turned it around and stuff. But at that moment, um, it, <laughs> it wasn't a go for me. <laughs> <laughs> and if it got back to him, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean – I don't fear him. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. If you got butthurt over it, I mean, you probably did it to someone else too. So it's the circle of pro wrestling. But at the end of the day, like I said, I said, you know what? Let's just kill the show. Let's just go out there and tear it up. But like I said, if he got back to him, he got all butthurt about it. It is what it is. You know, I can't control people's feelings. Yeah, you weren't you, know? you weren't looking out to <laughs> you weren't looking to go get hurt. So I mean, I compl- yeah. I completely understand. One other thing: Have you ever considered, or have you ever been asked to go down like to Pro Wrestling Guerrilla or to uh, the Pacific Northwest for Defy or any other promotions like that? Um, not really asked per se. It was more of, hey, man you're on a radar, <laughs> but to me, you're on a radar and Hey, do you want to come down? It's two different things, which again, it, it's to even be considered uh, even on a radar. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, if they want me, I'm here, I'm down to do some stuff mm-hmm. again. Like I have no limits, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, if they don't, they don't, you know, again, like I tell, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and it is what it is. Like, I'm not, you can't please everybody. You're probably still going to have some people who still hate on me because I didn't shake their hand or I wore the same color as them. Cool, man. Well, good for you. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just, I always told myself I'm not going to cut myself short for a bookie. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, if you want me, I'll give you everything. If you don't want me, cool. And it is what it is. That's just how I feel. You know, it, I'm not going to, kiss ass if you would or any of that just to get a booking like it, i don't know like to me it's not worth it oh but you can get your name out there yeah cool man hey <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna cut myself short it is what it is you know or turn my back on somebody just because someone don't like them mm-hmm. you know that happened a couple times with my tag partner you know at the time a lot of people didn't like him because a he came from the backyard and you know he established himself as a pro wrestler so these are these guys who got you know intimidated because this backyarder is outworking them who quote unquote started from the pro wrestling ranks. And it's like, and then, you know, I'd get the call like, Hey, I want you, but I don't want your partner. And I'd be like, well, at the moment I'm in a tag team. So it's either us or no one. And they were like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you stuck up for, you stuck up for sin. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I feel. And 
again, if he feels the same way or if he doesn't, it's just how I feel, you know, it's, my thing is at the time I was in a tag team, we're in a pretty good tag team, we're steamrolling. And if you wanted me and not him, then you don't get me. Gotcha. You know, and did it hurt my career at some point? Probably. Do I care? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> A, I'm having fun regardless what I'm doing. And, and B, man, it is what it is. Like, if that's something as petty as that, kind of gets your day ruined, then I don't know. Like, for me, I just, I don't know, man. I love life. <laughs> <laughs> so, with you having an MMA background, has anybody ever tried to work stiff with you? And you don't have to name names or anything, but has anybody ever tried to go stiff on you or work snug or anything like that? Um, I, I don't know. I think, as weird as that sounds, because, like, for me, if they did, I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I actually prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what's... I mean, I, I would say this, Vinny Massaro, um, great worker, great talent. Me and him had a match, and he has a little bit of an MMA background. And we talked in, we're like, let's just go. And we went. <laughs> <laughs> we went. Like, he threw a kick so hard, his knee pad, kick pad exploded. What? Yeah, like, we were going. Like, it was fun. Like, it's probably one of my funnest matches. And me and him had a good time because it was – that mutual respect of how snug can we get? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would say we got pretty freaking snug and it was great, you know, but again, if someone tried to test it, I, I couldn't tell you, man, like to me, it, it all feels the same. Um, but I have to tell people too, like, Hey, I'm going to hit you as hard as you hit me. So, Hey, just keep that in mind. And I could hit hell hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I remember Vinny, he was part of a tag team with Vic Rhymes back in All Pro Wrestling back in 97, 98. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, him and Vic as a tag team was absolutely chaotic. I I got to tell you, man. And it's funny too because Vinny was so young at the time. I thought he was going to be going places. I and he he was on Lucha Underground. I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's recognizable right there, but I, I thought at this at his age at that time I thought man he the sky was the limit for that kid because the stuff that he was doing was absolutely amazing and I thought he was gonna go places unfortunately it never translated yeah. to uh, to a bigger time thing but man it's still kind of cool seeing him out there on the uh, pro wrestling scene because at the time I was like seventeen eighteen filming for APW honestly man I personally feel he's so underrated. Oh yeah, so underrated. Like they get, man. He is so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Like he's just he's. I don't know. He's good. He's that's just my opinion. Like because he don't do flips and slap his thigh a thousand times. You know, people don't really want to see it. But the, man, the guy, he is such an underrated talent. Absolutely, such an underrated talent. Absolutely. Have you have you ever worked for All Pro Wrestling? By the way. Yes. Yes. Oh, you did do an APW show. Yeah, I did too. Um, just haven't been back. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Again, like the wrestling world, it, it's it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. for what it is, it is what it is. Like I don't have hard feelings against anybody. You know. Again, I get back to if you don't like me, that's that's you, man. Like it is what it is. But um, yeah, you know, there's certain promotions I worked one or two shows, haven't gotten called back. Mm-hmm. That that's their reasons. It's not mine. I mean, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, hey. Hey, hold, you didn't call me back. Why? <laughs> you know, again, it's, it is what it is. If I get called back, cool. Again, like I say, whoever calls me, they're going to get 
I got no limit, man. So if you want some crazy stuff, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is when you get booked, you're going to go out there and you're going to bust your ass. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, too. It's like win or lose. Like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I mean, if I lose a match, like a lot of a lot of people, you know, they lose a match. They feel like, oh, I don't look as strong. My thing is, if you can't get yourself over losing, you shouldn't be in this business. Yep. You are Plain in the wrong business, man. <laughs> yeah. Like if that's truly how you feel, you're you're not gonna last. Like man, I will lose a thousand times in a row and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And again, my goal is those fans would be like, Hey man, that was a great match, man. It was crazy. Not hey man, you lost again. <laughs> you know, it's well when you watch a lot of pro wrestling gorilla matches, a lot of people are like, Oh, did you see that match between Phoenix and Penta? Oh man, exactly. they didn't talk about who went over. Yep. They, they talked and, about and then, who won between Phoenix and Penta, or they talked about the match of Phoenix and Penta. And that's what then, that's what's great. It's like how many people talk about the Brett and Austin match? They're like, oh man, that match was great. Oh yeah, Brett won, but that yeah. match was just great. Especially like with a lot of the pro wrestling gorilla matches. I mean, obviously it's amazing talent down there. Yeah, but. Again, they'll talk about the matches, and you wait two, three weeks, and then you go, hey, who won that match? They'll take them legit like three, four minutes and be like, <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me... And that's, that's to me, that's pro wrestling. It's not, oh, man, did you see me? Did you see me, 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 me? It's like, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know, man. But I don't know. It's, it's just, it's cool because, again, starting off loving pro wrestling as a kid, to the figures again i was not really a attitude era guy i uh-huh. was more of the wcw mm-hmm. you know so and then you know those figures and playing with them and then getting fortunate enough to the figures i was playing with to be in the locker room with some of those guys it was just like <laughs> but you're trying to remain professional like you said i'm not gonna yeah. bug you for an autograph see that's the thing between you and i man if i was in a locker room with roddy piper dude i'm gonna have a figure and a paint pen ready to go for him then. <laughs> oh bro like again like it's it's hard sometimes uh especially like when i went to montana booker t was there mm-hmm. and booker t and harlem heat are like one of my favorite tag teams ever uh-huh so it was so hard to just not be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I was that kept it casual. Like, how you doing, sir? Shook his hand. And, you know, of course, I was like, hey, just I know it's a mark moment, but you're, you're hands down one of my favorite tag teams. And, you know, I enjoy your work. And I kept it at that and walked away. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the, the inner kid in me was just like, bro, <laughs> take my picture. <laughs> like. Everything went through my head at that moment, but oh. it's like the duck in the pond moment where the outside is calm, but underneath the water, my feet are paddling a thousand miles per hour, <laughs> you know, so. Oh. Um, Tony, it is great catching up with you, man. And it's, this is one of those moments where I'm like, this needs to happen. And I'm glad it, <laughs> I'm glad it finally did. And when all this is kind of lifted and we can all kind of go back to civilization and normal life, we'd love to have you out here. And one, do another podcast because I could go into your football career. That's a whole, oh, yeah. that's a whole nother world we could touch on. And just uh, also like, fun one. yeah, just to have, <laughs> just to have you over and, you know, show collections and also head out there or whatnot, but it'd be good to catch up with you again. Oh man, definitely. I'd love to see it. Like again, I'm, I'm 
I'm a nerd, man. I love collecting. I, I love toys. I don't care who knows it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not shy about it. Again, like I said, my Instagram, you see, I put this quote unquote, because, you know, my Instagram's Tony Vargas, the wrestler. So you get the hill persona, but then boom, you'll see a toy photography, <laughs> uh, my toy collection. So kind of counterbalances, you know? <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that is definitely great catching up with you. Uh, again, I'm glad I, I caught your podcast. Um, I remember you talking about it, but I just didn't remember the name. And one day it just clicked on me and I was like, oh, maybe this is it. And then I heard the intro and I was like, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always good catching up with you, dude. It was The other thing was, is like, I remember you kind of have this intimidation factor with all the tattoos. And there are people at the <laughs> gym that if they approach you, you're going to be personable with them, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember the other Tony at the gym who was all tatted up and necks and, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, okay, you know, if he approaches, you're going to be cool and stuff. But you and I started talking about football and we started talking and then about the love of wrestling because I was, I was a Mark, I was wearing some savage <laughs> cut off sleeve or whatnot. And Hell then yeah. we start talking about that. And then you start talking about going to BTW wrestling. It, it's like this cool friendship that just steamrolls from there. And we lost, oh, yeah. we lost contact for a little bit, but I mean, it's cool catching up with you again, because I knew you were into wrestling, but knowing you're into figures as well, it's like, oh dude, you know, <laughs> this needs to happen. I need to talk to him. I want to talk to him. You know, this would just make for a great show and it did. So I want to thank you for being on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like I said, it was definitely good catching up to you and, and thank you <laughs> no. for, uh, for introducing me to where a pro wrestling school is out in the Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm going to Barry Horowitz myself on that one, man. (laughs) Hey, as you should. And you guys are hearing it on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Jeff, Jeff does have that bragging right. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I do have to throw in real quick, dude, you know, the gym we used to go to former Bally's now 24 uh, out in San Leandro. So, you know, me, dude, I was there five to six times a week and there was one day it was a Sunday. I took the day off. Next day, I show up to the gym. I had six people running up to me when I first walked into the gym. I was like, what the hell? Everybody was going, dude, did you see Kane and Goldust were here yesterday? The one day I took off, dude, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I, I mean, I wouldn't have bothered him. I would have been like, oh, shit, you know, like Kane and Goldust are here. But everybody came rushing up. They're like, did you see Kane and Goldust were here? And I was like, no, how were they? They were like, dude, they were taking pictures with every." And then that just ruined it for me. I was like, get out of here right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, though, I have a funny, great Kali story. Sure. Um, same concept. He was at the gym. And I was like, I think I was benching or something right next to him. And we made eye contact. And he kind of looked at me. And he's like, do you want an autograph? And I was like, nope. And I continued my workout. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope, hard to just continue my workout. And his look was like, because, again, you know, people were bothering him before. And I don't know, nothing against the guy. I just never really cared for him. But mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know, I didn't want it. I was like, no, I'm good, man. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> well, Tony, it was great catching up with you, man. Thank you for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. No worries, man. Anytime, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, uh, tell Scott as well, man podcast is it's great man i i enjoy listening to it thanks um, man so yeah that's my commute <laughs> you guys on <laughs> thanks man all right so you take care man all right brother take care enjoy your weekend all right you too later bye, bye.
Yeah. Fully hoseable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.